Hey guys, we're back here with part two with our interview with Jeff, the executive director of the Golden Giddy Up. And we're going to dive back into what we're learning about how to make this whole thing work or what does the future look like or what can we do in the interim? Um, we've learned a lot of good stuff here so far and, and looking forward to learning more now. And so here we go with part two. Um, I have to ask the question and you can feel 100% free to not answer it or answer it less candidly. Um, do you feel like there is within Jefferson County open space management kind of an anti mountain bike sentiment? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not the first person to ask me that. Um, I wouldn't I, imagine that. I, it's not the most original <laughs> question. I just want it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, I'll try not to answer it with my, my normal canned response. Um, but you know, I don't think it's necessarily, um, a sentiment or an agenda or, or anything like that. I, I think, um, there's definitely decisions that, that aren't being made with mountain bikes in mind. And, you know, I, I referenced this earlier, the 26 plus miles of hiker equestrian trails versus the less than two that, that bikes have. Um, to me, that shows that there's not really a, a, a lot of basis for, um, in support of mountain bike activities in open space. Now, with that said, um, you know, we're, we're unique in, in Jefferson County. Um, the trails that we ride have been around for you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Really long one time. Of the, yeah. One of the first parks that, that opened, um, was Mount Falcon. And if you go there and ride that, you realize that, you know, it's, it's all fall line. It's all fall line trails. Mm hmm and you know back then you know bikes didn't you know weren't as popular as as they are today you know i saw a report the other day that said um you know mountain biking in general is one of the largest segments of growth that we're seeing in the outdoor recreation industry so you know we have bike manufacturers pumping out bikes making amazing products these days um we have trails right our, out our back door, um, and we also have trails that were designed really for hikers, you know, 30 plus years ago. Um, they're not conducive to, to mountain bikes traveling, especially downhill, mm -hmm. um, you know, flying corners, lines of sight, things like that, that, that just kind of make it, um, you know, everything's a surprise. You know, you see a hiker, you're surprised, they're surprised. Yeah. I mean, I've got a hundred... I've got a hundred stories. I, I, I'm anybody that rides with me will tell you that I'm like conscientious to a fault. Like I'll stop for every single person if I'm going downhill. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like even last night I rode up at three sisters and I mean, I have a hundred stories where even though I'm that guy that's willing to stop for every single person going uphill, I still surprise somebody and they're still mad at me. Sure. And that's, you know, I think that's, there's no way around it. I mean, for all years, you know, they, everybody gets surprised these days. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, where those, you know, some of the most crowded parks around. So, um, you know, but, you know, going back to that question, I, I, I don't know if they, they have this agenda that's against mountain bikers. I think it's more of, um, an awareness and decision-making that, you know, mountain bikers should be included in that process right. when we're talking about new trails or, 
changing designation of trails. Right. Um, I talked with, um, you know, whether you're a fan of Comba or not, or whatever the case is. Um, and I say you to the generic audience, um, Comba is Colorado mountain bike association. Um, you know, I was talking to, uh, Gary, who I think is fairly high up the food chain over there about new trails. (laughs) And I just, I didn't understand the logistics of why there's not new trails going in, in Jefferson County, in the places that we think they should be. Um, and it, it seems to come from a place of like a lot of bureaucracy of like percentage of use and protected areas and all that sort of stuff. Um, so is it harder to really like see through that, that vision of just more trails than we think it is? I mean, yeah, I think if, you know, you talk to anybody, um, that's out there building trail across, um, the country, um, you know, maybe not so much the, trails that are cut in the Pacific Northwest that, you know, are there for a couple of years and then the loggers take it back over. Right. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's definitely land, um, management pieces that, that do get in the way, you know, open space itself is, was created, um, with a three-part mission to preserve, protect, and provide, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it feels like, um, they're doing a great job of, of preserving and protecting right now. But with the, the boom in population that, that the Denver Metro area has seen, you know, back in 2018 for a couple of months, they were saying 10,000 people a month are moving to the Denver Metro area. Um, and, and, you know, director of open space says every time he, he speaks, but they have 7 million visitors on their trails. We don't have the trail density um, which would be that provide piece to sustain the, that number of people. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, going back to, you know, when a open space was a, originally created, it was a very different time in Colorado. Um, you know, definitely not as many people, definitely not as many cyclists. Um, you know, people love the outdoors, you know, with this COVID thing that happened, um, and essential businesses were declared. It's like the outdoors had to be declared an essential business effectively because there were, there were more people out on the trails that I think had never touched trail before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that were, that were out there. <laughs> if reflectors, so, if yeah. reflectors on trail are any indicator. <laughs> oh my right. gosh. <laughs> Literally would turn, I, I will ride through hail. I'll ride through, I've ridden, I have been just buried in the worst weather on the planet. You can imagine <laughs> But and I will stay on the trail. I see a dude on if I see two reflectors in a half mile stretch, I'll go home. <laughs> it will send me home. <laughs> it's terrifying. So I mean, I think it's like a shift of of uh, of change. You know, it's it's addressing what's changed since 1972. Right. So it's just it's um, a, it's a almost like just it's an older organization with an old mission statement, and it needs to revise. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what, what needs to happen. Well, and I guess if it, if it doesn't, you're just going to get right. There's like two ways to be like, I'm going to play this game the right way. We're going to be doing things the right way. And then if the right way doesn't get the results, then you have the defiant way. Well, and that's just it. It just feels like the right way is just eating shit year over year. I mean, eventually it's going to stop. So you're going to have the defiant way where you're going to be like, Oh, it's supposed to be a hiker only trail. Well, you hikers are on all of our bike. Like we yeah. don't, 
I'm just gonna take this trail. <laughs> no, I'm just. I mean, no, no. Know, like, I mean, like, you know, it, like you'll never see a biker on the on an odd day on a weekend at Centennial Cone. It's like right. it's a hard no go. But but you will always see a hiker on an even day at Centennial Cone. Oh, I didn't know. You didn't know is written in English, and I think it's written in Spanish. Like it's written on the sign. Yeah. You can't miss it. Yeah. But th- it goes back to that, like who's right, who's wrong, and the old way. Yeah, and I think kind of my next question is, you know. Justin and I, we took a trip to Bentonville a year and a bit ago. How cool was that, Justin? Man, the, you know what it's like? It's like riding without any negativity. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, you look at a town that just fully embraced mountain biking. And I was going to say, like, from your perspective, having, you know, been part of, you know, race director and, you know, I know through the Coloradis, you guys had done some like statewide uh, trail stewardship and that sort of thing there seems to be a massive disconnect in Colorado when it comes to developing infrastructure for mountain bikers who not for nothing, any town that's willing to cater to mountain bikers will be rewarded with mountain bikers spending money in their town. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, Jackson, Wyoming, they actually funded a, a study a few years back and it was, directly what to find out directly what the economic impact of mountain bikers coming to Jackson um, was and you know they could directly connect um, two plus million dollars um, each year that that mountain bikers were coming or that were giving back to the local economy and you know those are folks that are are coming as a destination trip they're going up Teton Pass mm-hmm. um, they're riding some of the local stuff in town you know and they're there for a long weekend or, or maybe a week and then they're moving on. Yeah. Um, but they, they could definitely trace those funds. You know, Bentonville um, is kind of unique too. Um, you know, I forgot the last figure. I'd like to say it's like $11 million or something that, you know, the, the Walton foundation gave to develop trails, um, sure. you know, and you know, definitely unique, but you know, Colorado, we, we have so much, so much land. Um, and such a an active base of people you know and when i say base i'm talking about everybody everybody loves to be to be outdoors and doing something um you know you you start to wonder and look at what are those other other user groups doing to ensure that they have access um you know you look at the colorado trail there's a whole foundation for the the colorado trail it's mainly you know built for for hikers um, up until you know recent past 10 years people really started on bikes making it a mission to ride the colorado trail um you look at you know hunting licenses and fishing licenses well what do those groups do well their license actually guarantees that funds have to be spent for them to access outdoor land how they choose to access which is hunting and fishing you know as mountain bikers we we don't have that we're kind of this is still classified as this niche group though we're you know one of the largest outdoor <laughs> groups growing we ain't niche no more uh, yeah right like and you know it, it makes me wonder is should something be explored um at the state level that you know we do pay for for a license for access and then we're guaranteed that we have more more trails and Dude, you know you I'd can pay, dig around i'd pay you could almost name a price 
here, here, for a guarantee that resources would be spent on developing let's trails. Let's do this though. Let's <laughs> let's start this coalition, <laughs> but let's make it legit. Like you aren't allowed to get a license until you pass a battery of tests provided by <laughs> one of several licensed bike shops. So if you can't put a tube in. If you don't care, if you know, like simple rules, if you don't know how to replace your chain when it falls off your derailleur or like we do a series of rules. So not only do you have to become licensed financially, but you have to be licensed on self-sufficiency as well. Uh, That is, that is orienteering. Like you have to find your way around a shop using a, (laughs) an MTV project app or something. Here's the question though. I, Harley, you've said Colorado and like you're addressing it at, at the state level. I honestly think that we really have something different here with this front range Jeffco like situation. Like Denver Jeffco, because Golden, yep. yeah. Because you've got Palisade Plunge. What a beautiful story of mountain biking, multiple groups, yeah, working together for a common like. There's a well, and I, I was that? gonna walk it back a little bit because, yeah. like, you look at like you know Fruit and Grand Junction, you look like, at Crested Butte, yeah, you look, yeah. So there, so there are places that do it really well, and it really. It's the same reason why I think that we will always have confrontation at Apex. It's acceptance and it's education. And the thing is, if the people who have the loudest voices, namely maybe people that live really close to the trails, right. maybe people that have lived there for a lot of years, yeah. maybe the people that kind of know everybody who knows everybody who knows everybody, right. um, they don't want to accept it, then it's never going to change. And then you talk about the education piece, which is so the other day I was ripping down Enchanted on an even day and early in the morning, like real early. I got three laps into that thing and it was so much fun. But towards the end of my third lap, second or third lap, I start seeing hikers coming up Enchanted Forest and I just alert them. Hey guys, there's going to be a ton of bikes behind me and everybody's going fast. Like it really isn't the best idea to hike up this right now. I'm not telling them they can't. Jeff goes not telling them they can't. But like if personal survival is something that you as a human animal enjoy. Yeah. I wouldn't walk up this fucking trail right now. And you're standing like on the root send. Yeah. Like I'm going to airmail you. And so I get to the parking lot and another guy comes by me on a bike. He goes, hey man, like the whole trail's not yours. And I'm like, huh? I was kind of confused. He's a fellow mountain biker. He's like, well, I heard you telling those people like not a great idea to, to be there. And I'm like, bro, it's an even day. It's directional or actually only allowed there on an even day. It's the only time where everyone hammers it. He's like, "Oh, I, I didn't know that." Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah dude, people don't know you shit. Just, you just blindly wrote it. Lucky, like you're lucky. Yeah. You wrote it on the right day. Yeah. But like, I'm educating them. You know, it's not. There are new hikers. Literally, never hiked on the trail. Hey, do you know there are bikes at 30 miles an hour at your face? Yeah. But and every corner here, on Enchanted yeah, Forest is blind. And they're all blind. Trust me, I have. <laughs> I have a written warning. <laughs> Ocean, if you're listening, because you've. Freaking saw Jeffco tagged on this, and you're not fired. You should be fired. Uh, you're listening. Yeah, I didn't yield to you by 15 feet because you're behind a tree, you clown. I can't see through a tree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this circles around nicely. Um, you know, Apex is kind of the hot hot button sh- trail, right? Like when it comes to to hiker biker conflict. Um, there was a proposal. And again, I'm just a, an idiot bike shop guy. And so when it comes to access and, and, and sustainability and that sort of stuff, I, I just know what I want to do. I don't know what's best for a trail network. So um, I saw, was it in February or March that the uh, 
the initial proposal from Jefferson County for managing hiker and biker days at Apex went out? Was it kind of February, March time? Yes. Yeah, February. So the initial proposal, I actually didn't mind so much. It was, and again, I, it's been long enough since I read it. Um, and and please correct me if I'm blowing this up. Um, but basically, three days a week were for mountain bikers, with Saturday being one of those days, and then four days a week were for basically everybody else. Is that kind yeah, of that's, that's, kind of the essence yeah, of it? Time. Um, in terms of just like use times. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess I'm probably not really like getting the directionality of it all, but again, just idiot bike shop guy. I know that I want to go to a trail and I know that a mountain biker climbing up apex is going to be more sympathetic to me ripping down it than a hiker. And so I look at that proposal and I go, Oh, hell yeah. Three days a week where I don't have to worry about a hiker, I'll take it. I saw some pushback from the Giddy Up community um, on that proposal. What what were your, what were the the things that Giddy Up the group didn't like about it, and what were the proposed alternatives? Yeah, so the, the um, you know the fundamental target. Um, for changing apex management um, was one of the main reasons was to improve visitor safety. And, you know, props to Jeffco on realizing there's, there's been a problem there for, for several years. Oh, it's a massive Um, problem. You know, you know, know, they, they know that it's one of their most contested parks. um, One of the, the, largest parks that people will communicate about um, when they feel wronged. And so, you know, that, that was one of their original targets and um, you know, the three days versus four days um, you know, we, we didn't like that piece simply because it's not, it doesn't fit in with um, how other parks are, are managed. So like you guys referenced Centennial Cone earlier, they're an even odd day type of thing. Um, but Apex just on the, the weekends, right? Years. Right, exactly. Um, Apex for the past 10 years has been managed even odd. And now, you know, looking to go for a full management change and then changing it to days of the week um, is going to be hard. You know, that's just another another hurdle to jump. So, you know, that that one's, it was kind of light, but we felt strongly that it should be simply even odd. Um, the visitor safety piece, um, you know, when you put... and the original proposal was was structured that it addressed um, Enchanted Forest and Apex Trail. Um, on the other side of the hill, there's still uh, quite a few trails yeah, that yeah. would be managed. It's just multi-use. Yeah, yeah Grub Stake um, over there, Pick and Sledge Argos, like plenty of... That was my argument with Ocean. He goes, what's well, the only shaded trail for these guys on hot days? I'm like, actually, Grub Stake's like all the way shaded too, so know your own <laughs> yeah, system. Exactly. Get fired. <laughs> So, you know, we, the, you know, putting mountain bikers uphill and downhill at the same time doesn't do anything to address, address safety concerns. Um, you know, one thing we saw with, with the giddy up race was people registered because they got to rip down enchanted forest and apex without seeing or feeling that they were 
ever going to have a negative encounter. So I did um, all four years that I raced the giddy up. I did the full full pull, but one hundred percent of my registration fee was so that I could ride down Enchanted Apex without right, exactly. like I was always willing to do the rest of it as like kind of like yeah it's it's I have this hang up like if there's a a, a full version of a race that's the version I do, um, but yeah every penny was because I could ride Enchanted Apex down with no uphill traffic. 100%. Right, and the full one, the full one got you the bottle of whiskey too. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had. Uh, I remember each of the two years I got to do it. The last two years, I would have the timers. I'm like, dude, dude, just give me, give me two extra minutes. He's like, oh, you need a rest. I go, no, bro. I literally am not going to touch my brakes, and I don't want to <laughs> about anyone. I, I did get, I did get yelled at last year. Um, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm the bullheaded psycho of the two of us on this jeff you know, it out. i got yelled at last year by another racer she yelled at me for going by her too fast and without like, using any foul language i explained like lady um it's a bike the, race oh, the, it, a it's a race i have a number plate and the only reason i'm out here uh, is to support the golden giddy up crew and the trail maintenance but also but also to go down here without brakes so don't tell me as another <laughs> racer to slow down like by definition i am to not slow down and it was <laughs> quite funny yeah she was mad she was heated she was really really mad i even tried to get her a glass of that free kombucha there yeah, and she, she wasn't, wasn't even, she it. was not happy at, with me at all <laughs> um all right so to circle back around the uh the apex proposal though i i really do because you know even within um you know here at the store we're everybody that that works here mountain bikes and you know some of us have been mountain biking in colorado for 20 plus years and there was just like, a, and and again, maybe it's just coming from that, that, that place of like, we'll take the scraps we can get, kind of mentality. Um, yeah, and but, I mean, the, especially the directional piece with yeah. trail. I mean, that's you know, Longhorn took you know two years um, to actually become a directional downhill trail, and you know what a lot of folks don't know is it was a Colorado's group ride that started that conversation. We have our ambassador photo shoot every year. Um, and we were 24 riders deep and the Jeffco permit when the last we had checked, um, was 25 people. So we were like, Oh great. We're within, doesn't matter. Do our photo shoot. And then th we found out they had changed the permit. Um, didn't post it online or anything, but had changed it to 15 people. So, I mean, you know, we have a great photo of us, you know, 24 riders deep with, uh, a ranger on a horse, pulling us over. But honestly, that opened up the conversation to talk about a directional downhill trail. So, you know, two, two years to get that in the works, we are looking for that. You know, the giddy up is always talking about how can we increase the amount of downhill directional trails that we have. And, and apex and enchanted is, is, is prime for that. You know, there's a, a huge five o'clock following we call it because the park could be, you know, semi-dead, you know, pre-COVID during the day. You know, there's an early morning crowd and then it kind of like tails off. And then like 4.30, especially on an even day, the parking lot fills. Um, I don't and know. I don't know a mountain biker that even bothers going there on an odd day. Well, I mean, I do. I actually <laughs> love Apex on an odd day because you get to descend upper Apex. Yeah, um, and which it's is fair enough. Wait, fair enough. I can. Dude, if Upper Apex is so fast, yeah, and so yeah. fun, and uh, 
And if you get to the bottom and you didn't blow your wheel apart, like tear a tire apart, you're kind of like, today's the day I'm going to ask like my wife for that thing I never asked for. Like it's a victory day. Yeah. And I mean, Upper Apex too has the lines of sight are hundreds of yards. Oh yeah. You yeah, can so way better. You, know, way better. you can see way down the trail and you're, you're, you know, maintaining speed. It's great. It's yeah. fantastic. But you know, so, you know, some of the other pieces with the original proposal too was, there were, there's a lot of little connector trails in Apex that connect you know, Pick and Sledge um, over to Apex, like the gut of Apex. And the original proposal limited access to those. And, you know, in a small park, limiting more access, um, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive with, with me personally. Um, and then there was also the discussion of, of Upper Apex, which is, you know, for those that don't know, different from the gut. We had just talked, Upper Apex has huge lines of sight. Um, it also has the westernmost access point to Apex Park. And the original plan limited that access. So even though you could ride, um, you know, Pick and Sledge and Grub Steak and Bonanza um, any day of the week, and those were going to remain multi-use, you couldn't ever access them from the west side of the park on odd days because of how the original plan was structured. And, you know, one of the, the local loops around here is simply the, the Chimpex loop mm-hmm. and that's coming up Chimney Gulch and then descending down Apex. Um, and then for, you know, the, the more, I guess, brave souls, or you know, shoot. you do Chimpex Refined and you go back up it and yeah. come down Chimney. So, yeah. you know, you get, you get lots of good miles. Um, and simply looking at, at Jeffco data, um, park connectivity has always rated one of the highest points when they think about trail management. So simply just looking at the numbers, we felt strongly that Upper Apex was another area that that needed to be addressed. It should remain multi-use. Um, it should be allowed. Um, you should be allowed access to the park regardless of what visitor you group you are. And so those were really our, our original, um, I guess we called them red flags at that time. Um, going back to that, you know, we, we called them red flags because we were asked by Jeffco to identify the, the red flags. Mm-hmm. So that's simply why we, we labeled it that way. So it sounds like, in just listening to this, in, in Harley referenced like, oh, we just would take the scraps, take what we can get type of deal, which I'm part of that game as well. Um, however, you're thinking a lot more long-term and comprehensive about this than maybe we are. And I, and I, and I feel just because my understanding of not having to giddy up this year and then the reasons why on a surface level, um, are like, well, so easy for me to get to Jeff go didn't want to let the mountain bikers do it. Mountain bikers always get screwed. It's just the old hikers, the old hikers live around there screwing everything up. (laughs) And it's really not the case. Like there are a lot of high level thoughts coming from both your camp and then, or, you know, to give them credit where credit from Jeff Coast camp too. Like there's more comprehensive thoughts now to a solution. Is that the reason why the solution is taking so damn long? Because we're sitting here at the trailhead thinking, bro, even odd weekend done, Cone did it. What's the problem? Move on. Checkmate. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, it, you know, I, I think there is good to, to give props to, to open space because there are definitely some instances when they're, they are thinking about um, bikes, you know, when, when you're releasing a management plan like this, I think it's important to also have um, somebody from the bike camp involved in in that process before it ever goes to the public. 
Right. Um, you know, there's originally when we, we caught wind of this was, I would like to say even back in, in 2018, but, you know, definitely um, summer of 2019, we started hearing rumblings of changing the management plan at Apex. Um, you know, originally we were, we were told that the giddyup would have representation on, on that plan um, before it went public. And um, for whatever reason, um, we didn't get that representation. Yeah. And then you know, the, the plan went, went live. Is, so, um, um, so I, I saw you guys put out like four kind of different management plans. Um, if you had to pick one of them to kind of like champion as the one that you would love to see get implemented, which one would that have been? Um, so, you know, all of our, all of ours were part of like a comprehensive plan. So we didn't have like individual plans. That's just how we released it. On okay. Socials. All right. That's, for, that's for my bad that, for not reading better. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the fear that, you know, we put out something that's so long to read um, that people don't get the big picture. So, right. um, you know, effectively, the the number one piece of the management plan that, that I feel strongly about is you manage what the intended target was. One of the intended targets with a new management plan was safety. And th- they identified areas of concern where our simply where Jeffco gains the most complaints, Enchanted Forest and the Gut of Apex. Mm-hmm. Those are the two trails that you manage. Anything else in the park, if it's not, if it hasn't been identified as safety, it should remain under the, the same management plan that it's it's always been. Um, but in terms of managing Enchanted and Apex, it should, and this is where the, the first management plan 10 plus years ago failed, is if you're telling bikes to go downhill on those days, you should never have traffic, regardless of of user coming uphill on those days. Agreed. Yeah, because 100%. of the speed differential, the safety concerns, and simply the the mentality. When you're cutting a user's access by fifty percent, fifty one percent technically, um, and you're you know saying, okay, this is the day you can go downhill. It changes the mentality of of that user. It also changes the mentality of a user that comes uphill. So mainly mainly hikers. Yeah. Um, that they they never had their access, or as you mentioned before, nobody's ever pointed out, hey, this may not be the best way to go on an even day. Yeah. So you know, I, I think the management plan. What what needs to come of it is you manage those two pieces. You don't manage upper apex. You don't manage grub state. You simply manage what's there. And you do it in the simplest way possible. You well, know, you don't try to to compound a problem that you know already exists. Yeah, well, you, well, you let you let nature take its course, right? Like <clears throat> one section of Longhorn is directional only. By default, the middle section of Longhorn isn't really getting walked on either. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. So, like, you let the trickle effect. Like, hey, this one chunk. But because of this one chunk, you're not going to use this chunk you or that a, chunk. You have right? a kind of a, like, a coincidental like knock on, knock on effect. Yeah, totally. Like, hey, if you want to out and back shorthorn, go for it. But once you get to the end of it, like you're kind of going to be in a creek there. So, um, and that's again, I don't. I, again, I think it's getting too in it and not standing back a little ways. If every single hiker knew that on even days there will be machines barreling at your face. And you will always lose the interaction. 
in a just a physical like caveman battle sort of way. <laughs> I don't think any hikers go up there. And yeah. and then if you are that hiker, like if you are the like stick in the mud, Gandalf, big cane, I thou shall not pass type of hiker, you're gonna get killed, like by a bike tire. You know, like if you're that person, right? And so I, I genuinely don't think that people even want to be that person. I I've had so many people apologize that are hikers. When I, when I do finally stop and I'm like, Hey bro, I'm just like, this is the only day we get to go downhill. So like, I just, Oh dude, I had no idea. Like, yeah, just come back tomorrow, man. Like you can just then whistle Dixie all the way up the trail, but like, <laughs> you're going to get killed. Like, that's just the way it is. So I don't think that people are creating this confrontation on purpose. Um, it's really education and Jeffco's getting in the way maybe of, of just accept again, it comes back to acceptance. Like, can we just accept what's really happening here? Um, I don't know. Simplified version. Yeah. Frustrated. Right. Yeah. You touch on it as well. It's, it's communication, you know, for, for two years, um, the giddy up and the Colorado hosted, um, more education at the base of apex on even days, simply going by what trail rules we were given. And so we, we created those, we worked in partnership with open space to simply talk to mountain bikers about like, Hey, I get it. Like you want to go downhill fast, but here's the trail rules that we've been dealt. And, you know, I think it's, it's the communication piece. It's, it's, it needs to be out there, especially when new management is implemented. It has to be there for people to see, you know, you may need to staff some people at those high, you know, use times saying, here's the new rules, but you know, it's the same thing they do on, on highways. You know, if, if they're going to do a lane shift, they don't just shift lanes and not tell anybody about it. They, you know, Could they you put imagine? it out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it, it, they, it, there's, there's communication that's in place. Yeah. You know, there'll be sign. A, you'll see a sign for days, right. lane closures there's from a, this to this, this date. I mean, an apex has a, it seems to be a permanent marquee sign now in the parking lot. Like it needs to say, yeah, like management changes hikers this impacts you i mean yeah. most bikers already know if, if if rules stay the same well we're good you know it's it's the folks that are out of town that are demoing bikes um that have heard about you know this trail that they want to want to go ride but you know communication's huge and um you know i i also go back to i don't think any any management change should be made um that's stronger than it it needs to be. I mean, that's simply just more work for, for everybody. Yeah. So, let the, let the trickle down happen. It yeah. happens. Always. So cut it straight, dude, 2021 giddy up. I mean, are you even thinking about making a t-shirt? Like what, what's your feeling on it or a super sick five panel hat again? <sighs> yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, the, you know, I, I've had other folks say like, Hey, you know, can we put effort into this? Like, what do we need to be doing? Um, and you know, right now with the, the climate outside of, of bikes, you know, the overall, I mean, we started with COVID in March and now we have you know, obvious huge racial equality issues and human rights issues in the United States. And, you know, I'm here talking about a bike race. Right. And, you know, it's, I think, I think people need to put their energy into our most pressing needs as a, a society and you know the the 
the advocacy the the giddy up trail team has done um they've built a community i think that's great for for people to get involved with um but you know i'm not actively going out there making you know event banners and and t-shirts and hats um for for a 2021 event um you know i i think um we had a good run um and you know i'm not actively pursuing um another event at this time now should should something change should um you know the bigger problems in our society get addressed um and we can actually focus on a bike race and we have a land manager that truly wants to partner in that then you know that's a different story but sitting here right now i think you know we had a good run it was fun and i and i enjoyed it so i'll just take it as that Dude, that was like uh, got some, heavy, but that's like, some mayoral good. shit right yeah. there. Um, the other, you know, just because I'm this guy, the little poke is <laughs> the the fun thing about these Sundays and like strapping a number on your thing is that in light of all the other shit that's happening, um, these events and even a day of digging in the dirt and that type of stuff provides like a very visceral experience and escape from some of the realities maybe that monday through friday force us as people in mixed societies and different attitudes and interesting climates it gives us an escape from that um to set the phone down and dig in the dirt or to race bikes and so don't let that thing stand in the way if there becomes another opportunity for something down the line you know um I think too many times we marginalize our own reality in light of somebody else having it harder right like the guy who says I felt bad about having no shoes until I met a man with no feet. Well, that's cool, but like your reality is your reality, and that's that that's where you live, and that's okay. We don't have to always like discount what's important to us just because somebody else has it harder, you know. And these events are magical in that regard. And what you do for the community is magical in that regard because we get to escape. So keep the fight alive, man. <laughs> like, if there's an opportunity, you yeah. Know? I mean, so the the crazy thing with you know with the past you know, five years of, of doing this is um, you know, we found a passion in, in a group of people um, and, you know, everybody always talks about wanting to come up for a dig day. Um, and that's, that's great. But, you know, we, we built this trail team that um, every year it's grown. So, you know, the, the very first um, before, you know, I guess there were still friends of then, um, you know, it was like eight folks from the neighborhood that, that went out and, and tried to make a difference with, with open space. And then, um, you know, the next year we had a few more people and we, we opened up volunteer days and it grew every year to, you know, last year we, we put out an application for the trail team because we we're frankly interested in how many people want to actually commit part of their summer, um, I guess spring, fall too. To, to digging in the dirt. And we got over 60 applicants of people that said, yeah, I want to sign up for a committed position. Right. Um, and, you know, that it's amazing to see what a community can come together and accomplish um, that interests them. And so, you know, right now we, we have um, this trail team and these are the folks that have given hundreds of hours back to our trails um, through the, you know, through the, the race shutting down um, and, you know, the, the Golden Giddy Up event that's our most 
outward facing piece going away, we still have this group of folks that are like, how do I still dig in the dirt? How do I give back to our, our trails? And, you know, I, I'm so thankful for those people. Um, and, you know, in, in respect to that, they're, they're moving forward. So our, our trail team is out there and they're currently looking at um, revamping Golden Bike Park, something we had talked about last year, but now we have like the full blessing of the city. And the goal of the trail team is to bring it up to speed with the with other parks in in our you know, regional location. So you think of like you know Ruby Hill and Broomfield, um, you know maybe not something as big as Belmont. You know they have right that's massive millions right. of dollars yeah. of like irrigation and <laughs> and whatnot. But actually doing something that that's going to improve our our community, um, help people get engaged, let people stay active. Um, and things like that. So, you know, there's still definitely going to be an opportunity um, for those folks, for people to to get involved and to, you know, maybe take some of that, I guess, social weight they're they're feeling right now, uh, you know, off their shoulders for a couple of hours. Um, but I think, you know, with all of this, the there there are some good things that that do come of it, um, and that that's simply one of those. How nice. many how many people do you think are going to do the Golden Giddy up just dirty style in September on their own? <laughs> yeah, so there's there's definitely people that are uh, that have reached out um, and said, you know, how how can we we run it? And obviously, you know, in my position, I can't say yeah, do it. Um, but you know, it's it's a favorite. Like you look at those three parks and the diversity of trail you actually get to touch on race day is pretty impressive. So. I mean- I know so uh, many people that would talk shit about the the North Table side of the race, but like, there's some good shit in there. Yeah, I think I get more scared on North Table than I do at any of the other parts. <laughs> like, one, the grounds like concrete, and then like, I mean, it's 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 a it, North Table is a whole beast of itself. Yeah. You know? So it's it's diverse and it's different, but yep. um, you know, that's still in the works. And as as we you know, when we did officially cancel with with open space, one of the the lines we included in there is we're exploring what a community event would look like um, later this fall. And, you know, obviously with, with, you know, COVID, especially everything that's up in the air about events, you know, we have a trail team that's digging um, at the bike park and, you know, they've actually, Comba has kind of taken over, um, you know, the management piece or the, I guess the, they're kind of the parent group of the, the trail team now and kind of help oversee some of, the logistics of that um but what would it be like to put on a, a community event that focuses on you know cycling and the bike park and and still doing good stuff in our community so you can't know tell the, me can't tell me we won't have just have a bike party i mean come on right exactly <laughs> like you know right. so so um, don't yeah don't uh crust of Butte taught us a lot right chainless down lithic lithic into the bike park (laughs) (laughs) um and we always called bike park stage seven i mean that's what it (laughs) should have been is put on your best lap at the bike park (laughs) there you go um any uh can you share just you know we're we're running long but uh you know what was uh what was a high and a low for the whole like giddy up experience for you if in fact, it's just over and done with, and we have to look at it from that perspective. Um, you know, the high is definitely what's been built in the community. Um, it's whether you came out and dug in the dirt, um, whether you came and volunteered at the expo, you know, plenty of shops that they ran aid stations for us, um, 
community members that didn't ride bikes that came down to the event, simply building a community that um, was centered around bikes is is super powerful. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about bikes. It's what I've known for you know, quite a few years. And um, just seeing the, the response um, from the community um, about the, the event and, and the trail work is, is empowering. Um, you know, the, the low is, um, you know, I think it's the, the relationship piece, um, with, you know, our, our land manager, um, um, that being, you know, open space, there's, you know, everybody knows there's not a conflict where, where both sides didn't contribute to that. Um, and I'm not, here to say that the giddy up is has a clean nose in any of this um and you know I, I wouldn't imagine open space would would say the same thing but i think looking at at, at what's here um is if there was a way to to do something differently and more in terms of access um if it could have focused more on building more trail and putting better trail into the system you know i wish that was something that that we could have found common ground on which we did so right on um you got any more questions there justin or no i i i don't envy your position because, no that's a, you're in a tight spot yeah and you're <laughs> and now like even with the giddy up you know let's, uh, let's say it's done like you you don't have a target on your back but you can't ever ride the trails the way you really want to minus those <laughs> two miles on longhorn and i bet that's what probably like is hardest is just that you know you stepped to the forefront of this kind of campaign that turned into a battle that turned into a thing and um i mean i bet you just sit there sometimes and go man i wish i could just ride my bike for fun you know there's so much at risk out here right now so um yeah i mean definitely i mean it feels that way but you know fortunately we have clear creek county that's right up the road that's yeah. doing some great things so floyd hill baby um, yep. You can you can wreck yourself on Floyd Hill if you get loose, man. Woo. Um, Jeff, are there any uh, any sponsors or partners you want to give a quick consideration to while you're while you're here? Yeah, I, I'll try to make it quick. But I mean, uh, Yeti Cycles, Golden Bike Shop, Lost Whiskey, New Terrain, um, Cliff. Um, they've been with us all since since the beginning of of this crazy idea that got put together. Um, all the shops that came out and, and supported aid stations, you know, Basecamp, Elephix, 53, Evo, Peak Cycles, and Pedal Pushers did a great job. I mean, we had some fantastic rodeo clowns over the years. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Were, were simply amazing. Um, you know, all the expo vendors that came out, um, racers, community support. Um, you know, the, the biggest sponsor that, that never gets mentioned um, goes back to the the people in 1972 um, who were, you know, with Plan Jeffco and the League of Women Voters, who actually had enough thinking of what could possibly change in this area to develop the sales tax that actually created open space. I mean, Dude, as any trail user, we learned something. We're, yeah, I mean, we're we we should all be saying thanks to those folks um, because they they started all of our access. So. Heck yeah, man. Well, Jeff, it's been hugely informative um, and a ton of fun. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to do it. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time. I always, I always like talking about this stuff. So, <laughs> well, uh, 
we look forward and maybe uh maybe when the next version of whatever the giddy up is uh we can have you back on and talk about what that is for sure thanks fellas All right, thanks man, man. Appreciate thanks a bunch it. for your time well that was that was awesome yeah, yeah no that dude so in talking with somebody who's actually got the deets you know yeah you sit there as like an armchair solution guy and you're like wow so easy well and it, th- that's what I was, you know literally i i'm just i'm sitting there going what do i want yeah totally, right? as yeah. a mountain biker right, and then right. i in in my head i'm convinced that as a mountain biker i am echoing the beliefs of other mountain bikers because we're all mountain obviously not yeah the, the it, situation at all and um the thing I thought was appreciative of his position is that he's not just looking for the right now, you know, like yeah. the fact that he goes, well, then, you know, the West side access is blocked and then at apex and then you wouldn't even have think to, and I was like, dude, yeah, no, like, I just was like wanting to do the one stretch of trail <laughs> downhill on even days. What's the big deal? So there's a lot more at play. And I think that a lot of us that are disgruntled, you know, I'm not disgruntled when I get to rip a track and no one's there. It's that one day that I do have a bad interaction. I'm like, this is bull crap. Yeah. And there's just, there's just not one solution. And, you know, I feel, man, I wouldn't want to put that event on with all sorts of wild restrictions placed on me. And it just, he knew he wouldn't be able to satisfy the guys that wanted to do the giddy up yeah. and still not satisfying. It's a pain in the ass. I am sad that, you know, some of the stuff that I read about the giddy up definitely made it seem like it wasn't all the way dead, but it feels like it might just not be all the way dead. Yeah, no, it's, I think that if there's something that comes of it, it'll be a new, new. It yeah. Won't be. Yeah. Um, well, this one ran a little bit long and, uh, but I had a great time and I thought it was hugely informative. Yeah. I think if you listened to the end of this thing, um, and walk away, just walk away knowing like, I think that things that I need to do better is my attitude out there on the trail probably isn't helping champion a further relationship of some like new opportunities for mountain bikers you know what i mean <laughs> um so i'll continue to try to find the little dark corners of the trails that no one's at at the times but when i do have those interactions like there's more at stake than i guess just my ride today you know yeah yeah for sure Tough so, to realize we'll wrap this one up thanks everybody for listening and we will see you on the next episode Get the fuck out!